Welcome to another episode of Out on a Limb Podcast, where today we have a neat... What the fuck do we have? Who's ready? Who's ready? Hey, I can't be perfect all the time. Okay, start the watch over again. Why do you have that button? I don't know. Do you not like it? it? No, it makes you look like... Homie. Like a grandma? Yeah, yeah like you're literally NPR. <laughs> well, then you got to talk. So I was going to stop until you got Okay, good. Well, I stopped you before you. Wispy and soft when you talk. It's just that, you know, we've got to talk about animals. Today. It's really quiet when you talk if you're on NPR. Because you don't want to upset oh, people. And actually, That's my trans I realize that I'm talking too quickly. Yes, it, you have to slow down and moderate. For like a third grade. That's right. <laughs> Okay, are we ready? We're gonna try to be ready. I'm definitely too. I'm definitely too loud for NPR. Yes, you are. Okay, here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Out on a Limb podcast, where we have some fascinating pet sessions for you. Cool. Uh, we've dug deep in our archives, recent archives. I wouldn't say too deep, I but we've done. We've, we've dug deep enough because I think we've done some pet stuff before in another episode, but yes. these are new stories that you haven't heard before. And everybody loves pets. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> some cool stuff, stuff mm -hmm. that, I, you know, I always think that I've heard it all and I, I'm always surprised, mm -hmm. you know, when you think you've heard it all. Well, you yeah. haven't, <laughs> you haven't. All right. Let's start with this one. We had a, a woman who contacted us about her schnauzer. Yeah. I just love that word. Schnauzer. 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 I like strudel. <laughs> and I don't even remember this thing that I'm going to tell you about was kind of an aside. Mm -hmm. And she almost didn't write it in the email. So I don't remember what the original reason she booked a session. There was something we had to work with. But anyway, so she tells me as an aside, mm -hmm. uh, this is a schnauzer. I do schnauzer rescues. I've had lots of schnauzers. I know what a schnauzer is, what it looks like. And yet I've had two DNA tests on this dog and it comes up Chihuahua each time it came up Chihuahua. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two. It's not like once and it was a mistake. No, it was twice. Right. Yeah. So she's, she just writes this as an aside in the email after all of her questions, right? She goes, by the way, I've had two DNA tests on this dog and it comes up Chihuahua, which is interesting. Okay. Those are two totally different, different dogs. And, and, and the, the initial assumption would be, well, well, sure. I mean, if if you look at the dog, it's going to look like a little bit of a, a chihuahua. No, this, a dog, this dog look 100% schnauzer. Yeah. yeah. So stop right now and go look up a schnauzer if That's you right. don't remember what a schnauzer looks or like. Or if Will gets the impetus to put up a picture. That's right. right. I, might, <laughs> I might do that. Picture <laughs> of schnauzer. I probably anyway. will. And I might even pull the one from the client. So. Oh, no. Well, we better ask permission. We can ask. Yeah, okay. yeah that'd be cool. Anywho, all right. So you know how my mind works. Well, maybe y'all don't, but you guys know. And that is, there's some, there's a there there. There's, there's a there there <laughs> with this DNA. That's thing. a cord to pull on. Right now, we know that our DNA, uh, our our DNA is energetic. That's why we have twelve strands of DNA, two strands in the physical body, which align to your galactics. But at any rate, that's another story for another day. But okay, a couple of people just went. What right. are you talking about? You yeah. can watch that. We have lots of episodes about that on the Galactics, but uh, your DNA is energetic and physical, right? So this is what I understand. So we get into the session. The Schnauzer takes me a couple of lives back to a life 
I think maybe that was what we had to heal. There was some anxiety in something that we had to heal. So we go two lives back, two or three, and the dog was, I think, on a tight leash, didn't have a lot of room to move around. It was kind of a really sad story. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I think the dog was also afraid of yard instruments. Didn't want to be leashed. That was one thing I remember now as I'm telling the story and okay, didn't right. like yard instruments, like tall rakes or tall things like and that. grass. Didn't like grass under its feet either. That was a different one. I was think. that? Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, apparently this chihuahua, or we didn't know it was a chihuahua. Apparently this dog in that life, a couple of lives back, had been disciplined, I guess, with a broom or some kind of large instrument or whatever. That's why I didn't like it. Did the, the, the animal didn't give me the details because those those are difficult. Those are painful for me to hear. It's painful for us to walk through, but sometimes it's necessary to clear that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and was on a short leash, so didn't like to be leashed now in this life. But anyway, he couldn't tell me exactly what kind of dog he was, but he was a very, very small dog. And I'm thinking in my mind, hmm, chihuahuas are really, really small dogs, mm-hmm. right? So we did all of the clearings and things that we needed to, and we got done with the session and the DNA thing wasn't clear to me, but I really sensed intuitively that that was a Chihuahua and that that's probably why the DNA test was showing Chihuahua because that was the life we needed to clear. So energetically, that life was still really entwined with the Schnauzer's life now. Mm -hmm. Because those were that was the life that needed to be cleared, so it's present energetically, right? What's your butt? Well, no, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm remembering it. Okay, um, wasn't it though that the Chihuahua life did come up and that it um, was living? No, no, no. This that's the next session we're going to get into. <laughs> See, it all blend. They together. all blend. Anyway, I'll just sit back and listen. So. The client really just wanted to clear this. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder if that is why this DNA test is showing Chihuahua. So, of course, what do we do when we have questions and we're not clear? And I told the client, I said, I'm going to channel on this. I want to do a channel (laughs) and ask the collective uh, or Ezekiel. Now I remember. Yes, now I remember. Ezekiel works with the pets too. So you can call on Ezekiel, uh, Archangel. But um, so the collective tells me, yes, that was a Chihuahua in that life. And that... It was time to clear that life. They had contracted with us to meet. The the Schnauzer wanted to be with that mom, knowing that the mom would reach out to us and clear that life for the Schnauzer. Yep. And they said, that's why the DNA test, which is energetic. Clear life for the Schnauzer or for the- Well, for the the Schnauzer, so the Schnauzer wouldn't be afraid. Okay. But also clearing the Chihuahua energy from that life, right? So confusing. It's really, it's really deep. It's amazing. And you never know what you're going to get when you start digging in. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I said, okay, if, if that's why the DNA test was showing Chihuahua, now that we've cleared that Chihuahua energy from the Schnauzer, if she were to have another DNA test, would it show Schnauzer? And they said, possibly, maybe not, but possibly it could actually alter that. And I told her that and she was fascinated that the client was fascinated. But she hasn't done it. I don't know if she did. She that's didn't follow up. That's an expensive test. I mean, it's it? not like, oh, yeah, it's it's like four or $500. Yeah. Not really? Well, no, I mean. It's a DNA test. For like, humans and for yeah, animals? Yeah, like I think, yeah, like when well, I did Ancestry, ancestry and all of that, was, that was like $99. Well, that's if there's a DNA. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that's a, normally it's like a three hundred dollar thing, but and then you yeah. get them, you can find them on sale or whatever. But yeah, it's I remember usually... thinking, oh, that'd be cool to do, and then realizing, oh, good God, this is not, mm-hmm. you know, a lark. It's it's right. expensive. Yeah, actually, yep. I think I remember too talking when we talked to the Schnauzer. <clears throat> I don't remember if this came from the Schnauzer or the collective, but the Schnauzer wanted to give that Chihuahua the life that it didn't have. And that's, that's that's what I was remembering. That what you remember? That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. was remembering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Aww. So the Chihuahua mm-hmm. wanted to live vicariously through, and it had done that in the in those lives leading up to the Schnauzer. So yeah. that the Schnauzer, and then they agreed that it was time to cut the cord there. Yeah, you know that's okay. So taking that's that into an area that I understand, <laughs> not the pet stuff, but the um that thing about living vicariously or living through, you know, yeah. that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember doing a reading for my little sister and cause she has this drive to do public service, like overwhelmingly, even though what she, what in her mind she really wants is mm-hmm. was to have a goat farm. Yeah. She wanted Aww. to have a goat farm live, you know, like her mom has some places up in the mountains. She just wanted to be in those, in those places with a goat farm and living a totally different life than being in Washington, DC mm. and, you know, and doing all of this. And, um, and it was really interesting because when I did um, a session for her, there was um, this life before, and I don't remember all the details, but where um, she had been a, um, like, she had looked at to mother Teresa as an mm. idol, an icon uh-huh. and was wanting to follow in those footsteps. Yeah. It's something about her parents wouldn't let her. And, and it's all she wanted to do was serve. And so there was still that, that urge. Yeah. That mm-hmm. urge to do it in this lifetime. And so I said, you know, you're having to kind of blend the two because I kept saying, it's okay. You don't have to this is really important. You don't have to go out and live the big life. You don't have to solve the world's problems. You know, your, your whole, when I finally understood our whole purpose of being here is to experience Mm -hmm. whatever it was, we decided we wanted to experience. That's it. We don't owe anything else. We don't, you know, as long as you're living a life, hopefully with integrity. Great. Um, but it just, I, I just found that so fascinating that 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 bleed over was coming through. So to hear that, of course, why wouldn't it happen with animals too? It's just, like, fa- the, it's just unbelievably fascinating that the DNA would reflect that. Well, I mean, just as practitioners, yeah. we understand yeah. the DNA is energetic, but to physically see it, yeah, the well, energetic- and that's why you were given that for them to make the case in point because yeah. you don't you wouldn't understand that with human like right. how would the human dna show unless it was like dna was taken one year and then a couple of years later it was taken again and it showed it differently but i guess it has been i mean they have done that and they have shown yeah it, it was just years. interesting that when um you know prior to that session i'm just given a picture of the dog and the name of the dog and the age and all that stuff so i just that's all i see i don't know anything else but the one thing is that allison did say was you're never going to believe this but they did do a dna test on this dog and and the dna test comes back as chihuahua and i'm like there's no effing way yeah right you look at this you look it looks like a pure purebred i think it probably was a purebred yeah schnauzer yeah and it just all the features were exactly the way they should be and it's schnauzerish and it, just, <laughs> and it just, you just look at it and there's like, there's no that's cool way. There's no, you can tell the difference between a chihuahua and a schnauzer. I mean, it's not like, there's no blend. No, no, not no. like two animals, like a lab and no. a so golden retriever that are yeah. similar. Right. Yeah. Um, but 
what you were talking about with living vicariously or assisting mm-hmm. others in that way. Animals really do that a lot. Here's another story that'll explain that. So this was really weird. <clears throat> if I recall correctly, this dog had mm-hmm. as one of the issues that there was something on the skin that mom didn't know if it was a rash on the skin or something, but the dog just kept itching, couldn't lay on that side, would move around, was just like focused on this, but the but the spot would move to different areas of the body. It wasn't just one spot where there was a rash that you could see. Mm-hmm. This itchy, this kind of obsession with this spot on the body would move around. Come to find out that in a past life, I don't remember how many back, in a past life, these animals, this dog was a litter mate, had a litter mate. You know, when dogs have mm-hmm. lots of six or eight or whatever, there were two that were really close, this one and a sibling, littermate. Well, the littermate died. And this dog made an agreement in that life that it would let that energy continue to live within this dog. And where did it live? It lived, that energy lived underneath the skin, but it's energy, it could move around. So it was moving around and it was irritating the dog. And he didn't even realize it until we went through this. And he's like, he's explaining what this energy is as we started investigating. Okay. So he wanted that energy to be so close to him. Cause you know, I said to him, well, this is the dog she's talking to me. I'm talking to the dog. (laughs) And if there's a deceased energy, like we have a deceased relative, they can come and visit and hang with you and be in your living room or whatever. I said, you didn't want the dog to interact with you in that way. And he said, no, it was closer if it could be within me. Mm-hmm. It would be closer if it could live its life vicariously through me or within me. So it allowed, that dog allowed the energy of his sibling, his littermate, to live within his body. And that's where it was living. And it would move around. So it realized, this dog now realized that it was time to sever that energetic connection. So we basically talked to the energy and said, you know, this was a beautiful contract. Mm-hmm. You know, you you were brothers, you loved each other, but now it's time for you to move on. And then you mm-hmm. can come in and have your own life again. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. So was the energy of, um, of the one that didn't, was not embodied. Um, was it different than, could you tell a difference? I can't could- tell the difference. Um, I, I don't feel a difference per se. Mm-hmm. But I, I really well, like it. Will's voice wasn't any different or like, you Were, guys, did, I don't remember. Talking, did you end up talking to the other dog or the other energy? No, no. I think oh, the dog, okay. I think this dog was the intermediary. I would say okay. talk to the energy yeah. you talk to the energy and they, yeah. would, he would talk to the Okay. Energy. Yeah. So he was like, just like we as humans, like we are this animal as a human and we go through experiences, but when we connect to our soul, our spiritual mm-hmm. side of ourselves, we have an awareness and yes. we can correct things. And it was the same thing with yes. the dog. Yeah. Where That's what happens when you just, do, when we do pet sessions, it's very much like talking to their higher self. Uh-huh. So then they're aware of their past lives and all these things that they had, because they'll look back at their past lives. And they're like, I didn't know I could see that. <laughs> so they're not really aware on the conscious level at all. Yeah. That this issue is from a past life or anything. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and, okay. and, and as I'm sitting here, I'm, it's fascinating because again, I don't remember any of this stuff. And so, you know, and we don't talk in depth about a lot of these sessions. So 
It is quite intriguing. You're really listening. missing out. I, I, just, I must be. I don't know. You just trust that everything. I do. Okay. I do. So wait, let's, let's formulate, like just for somebody who just, this is the first time seeing this, you know, just happened to come across this YouTube um, video um, or listen to the podcast. So Will, Will channels the animals. He is, so he steps back. The animals, right. their personalities are coming through him. Yeah. And Allison is asking the questions. So when Will comes back, he's not aware of what the conversation was about. He just sees either people with tears in their eyes or gobsmacked or right. whatever, yeah. you know, and he's yeah. just like, what happened? Exactly. Is everything okay? You know, exactly. I just, exactly. sometimes I realize people don't understand the setup. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, there are times that I do come out of the sessions and I'm emotionally, um, mm -hmm. I'm so connected to that animal or, or the very energy, often, very often right, with animals that I come out of it. And I, and I, I, on my kind of that first breath, I just go into a, a, a sob or a, or a weeping mm -hmm. because of the, the, the conscious yeah. connection I've had with that animal from a, from a soul level. And so that remains so just for, right. Yeah. There's so much love. So that remains just at that moment that I come back into my, you know, into my reality space mm -hmm. that it's hard to disconnect from that immediately. And I just get this overwhelming sense of love, overwhelming sense of compassion. It's just, well, there are, beautiful. it's very frequent that when we're talking about uh, a sad situation in a past life or something like that you'll have tears in your eyes or a tear streaming yeah. down your face yeah and i have no idea but but when pet sessions like when i connect um i connected to I always i always have at least one pet come in when i do like a group channeling mm -hmm. session and um and dogs are always first and foremost yeah. they're always hanging around yeah. <laughs> and um and and they have like cats they're kind of hmm but dogs, they literally, yeah. the energy is so unconditional mm -hmm. that you you are so taken away. I'm always yeah. in tears when they come through. Yeah. It's just overwhelming. Yeah. I would say, you know, the dog energy is more like all animals are here to teach us for sure. Mm -hmm. But the dogs are more of the companion love mm -hmm. aspect like that. Whereas cats, I think, are more of a teacher. That's why yeah. they sometimes seem aloof. Mm -hmm. um, or we make fun of them because they... Could care less or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. you know what's interesting that about cool. about that session though, you know, what what I what it's comparable to is when we have higher self channelings and, and the client thinks that they might have an energy or an attachment. Oh, right, mm -hmm. right. Uh, entity attachment or whatever. Those are usually negatively con connotated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So they is that even a word? So there's a negative connotation. We'll put that yeah. into the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a word now. Yeah. Uh, and so we get rid of them. Well, this is basically what that was. It was yeah. an energy that was attached to him physically. Yeah. yeah. A contracted energy that. And he, it was yeah. disturbing him at this point. Um, and we had to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we talked to sense. it because it wasn't an it wasn't a negative. Yeah. Um, right. Like we would associate with a negative entity or you know that kind of thing. But that's. Mm -hmm essentially what we did. Yeah. All right. So this is a fun one because you've had this experience too. It's so funny. You forget that, that that's, uh, yeah, that, that, well, because we went into four cats lives, but. Oh, we, we channeled all four cats. I, and that was a while ago. Yeah. That was quite a while ago. Yeah. And I did not remember this. A year and a half. But anyway. Okay. okay. So this client contacts us about, and I think it was a dog. Yeah. Huh. And he had, Something going on with his stomach. He was vomiting, whatever. 
had that, of, some kind of, of digestive. Yeah, a lot of digestive. So issues. she goes, this is my last resort. I'm having a session because other than that, I'm going to have to go and pay for x-rays or ultrasounds or something, and it's going to be very expensive. So I want to have a session first. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times when animals first pop in, they're looking around they're and, they, and I'm just sitting there smiling, waiting for them to introduce themselves to me. And they're looking around and I'll say, hello. Well, anyway, and then at that, after that point, they're looking and they're going, I see so many sparkles in here. There's sparklies, there's energy everywhere. They usually recognize, a lot of them recognize the energy in the treehouse because animals, as we, as I've written about in love notes, there's a whole chapter on that energy. They can see energy. So they can stare up at the corner. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And whether that comes in orbs or Mm -hmm. whether they see deceased ancestors or other pets that have passed. But a lot of times it's just energy. We call them sprites or mm-hmm. just energy, um, energies that roll in and roll out and roll around. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's what happened here. So as I'm trying to investigate what's going on with the stomach, and he mentioned the energies in here. So I started talking to him about the energies in here and orbs. And do you see them a lot? And, oh, yeah, they're in my house. And I see them a lot. And they roll around at, at my level. They're you know right where my face is. And one time he literally goes one time there was one right in my face and i went for those of you watching not i mean uh, listening not watching he ate it he just eats it he eats the orb and swallows it so i'm like oh there's your digestive problem so we talked about it and i'm like you know how how do you feel well it doesn't bother me too much but sometimes i can feel it moving around in there and it prevents me from being able to eat as much as I want and that kind of stuff. And he, I said, well, are you ready to get rid of the orb? I mean, would you, would you like to try to let's have an experience? Cause everything is an experiment. I don't know. Yeah. How, it's not like there's <laughs> a class that teaches you how to do all of these. You have to think on your feet, whatever comes up. So I'm like, would you like to experiment with me? Oh, sure, sure, sure. I said, okay, well, I'm going to talk to this. And I think I talked to the orb. I might've even talked to the orb at that point and said, how do you feel, you know, about being in there? I think I'd rather be out because I feel kind of, yeah. you know, confined and stuff. Oh my God. So I said, okay, well, we're going to ask you. And I, I talked to the orb and walked it out up the digestive system and out. And Will's mouth actually went, and you could see, I yeah. couldn't yeah. see the energy, but you could tell that something was happening and coming out. It's and then all the dog. imagination, it's all like, you know, but okay. So think about it because yeah. orbs, orbs, are a collection of energy. Yeah, yeah. It's so, you know, if if you ingest that energy, like the energy is still staying together, mm-hmm. and and like and even if you think in terms of because people are like, well, I don't know about an orb, but any food you eat, that's just energy. It's a ball Everything of energy. Thing is energy, yeah. mm-hmm. and so your body doesn't know what to do when you stick an energetic orb right. down it. Exactly, but it it doesn't yeah. necessarily create like a cancer or something it's just that it's energy it is yeah, yeah. it's it's taking up room yeah it's a it's a thing that you can see yeah. it's, it's taking up room and well we saved her an ultrasound yeah like oh fee or whatever well so when i um when i came in i had an issue where um i had a male dominant cat um alpha male cat who was the youngest who had taken over the household and was upsetting um one of the other cats and so there was um, a sprain match going on. Never had a problem with sprain before. And then all of a sudden, it's like our house is just getting so disgusting. And then I had no, these. That means they weren't uh, fixed, right? No, they were fixed. 
And they still can spray? I don't even know. Because we have two males and they've never done that that I'm aware of. That's what I'm saying. Like normally they don't, but no, they can still spray. Oh, interesting. It's gross. But ours are Uh, fixed. So they wouldn't have... Oh, you no, said they well, still could spray. Yeah, they can still spray. It's just so that they don't, they they haven't gotten their hackles up where they felt the need to do that. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Whereas my Interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> then um, that's why you want to get them fixed as young as possible mm. um, so that they don't ever learn what it's like to spray. Yeah. But, oh, um, okay. So um, then I had, so they were younger and then um, go up seven years and I've got these two um little old lady kitties is what i called them mm-hmm. um so one was um like i guess 14 at the time the other one's 16 anyway um so i got a chance to like we were there to solve the spray spraying problem but it's like let's go ahead and talk to the two um older lady kitties and see what they think and it was funny because they were all talking about the one cat that instigated the spraying <laughs> Izzo, and they were just like this is so funny because they're just like each this, one of them. To clarify, by the way, yeah. you you came and did a session and we did a session for all four of your cats. Yeah, all okay, four yeah, of them. Yeah. And so it's funny because all of them individually, because you do a session with one, then next, then the next. And they're all like, yeah, Izzo's kind of weird. He just stares off into space. And it's like, you, you, you try and, you know, hang around him and he, he's just off. And each of the cats had their own perception yeah Yeah, but they all talked about him being weird and then you talk to him and he's just like you know kind of like dude like he was weird (laughs) um but anyway so when we talked um to my daughter's cat um isis uh it was so cute because she's just like yeah i see these orbs all the time and and i like to chase them and play with them but sometimes they get stuck in me like she said something about sometimes they get something about them being in her, like, you know, and that yeah. she gets him down and I'm kind of going, she goes, yeah. And I'm having like that problem or something. There was something going on right then. And she was fine when I left the house that um, earlier that day. And I'm usually up here for like the day and yeah. then I go home. So, um, I, you know, I'm carrying this information with me. I go home and sure enough, she's acting funky and I'm sitting there going, okay, come on, Isis. And she's like, you know, just, I, you could tell there was something bothering her. She wasn't really hungry. She's being strange. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day she went back to herself, but it was just, um, but how she described them that she loves to like capture them. Like it was this whole thing. I gotta go back and listen to that. Yeah. That's yeah. The orbs were definitely like an That's experience. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to, I don't think it's orbs, but our Oliver, the little orange. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so cute. He's, I don't know what his deal is. Every time I ask him in a session, why he throws up immediately after eating uh-huh. all the time. And he's very thin. He tells me, oh, I just eat too fast or, um, but I'm, I'm getting enough nourishment and he seems to have high energy levels. He's okay. Yeah, it's not but there's something, I feel like there's something, something still going on. So I want to malnourished. No, malnourished. I'll, I'll give you a hint, uh, an idea afterwards. Uh, oh, is remind it me the puzzle? To, uh, the mice. Tell me now. Go ahead. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, well, so we'll there's fix- these blue mice. There might be can- people out there with the yeah. same problem. So there are these blue mice you can buy. Um, and I can't remember, just do a search for blue m- mouse cat food or cat container. Oh, yeah. Container. Like a, but it's, so it's almost like a little boat that's hollowed out with a little plastic thing going across. So they can, they, they, it's like they can play with it like it was prey mm-hmm. and they bat it and a little bit of food will come out. Oh. 
So, you know, and there's those balls that you can get that right. the same yeah, it thing. Slows, it slows but the eating it, down. It slows the eating down. And I specifically got those because of my little, my oldest little old lady yep. cat, because she would scarf food down and then throw up. Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden I have to get like several dozens of these <laughs> and I've, you They're know, all over the house. Yeah, when it's feeding time, like I throw a mouse here, a mouse there, you know, and people How walk funny. in and see these blue mice and, but it solved the problem, you wow. know, for like, we had to keep adjusting the eating schedule according to the little old lady cat. And we also needed to feed her, um, like four to six times a day, oh, well. which right. made all the cats, got yeah, four right. to six yeah. times a day, you know, it's like, it was nuts, but, but, um, mm -hmm. but it solved the scarfing down problem. So it is a legit issue. It's a legit. What, what is with cats? He's being serious with it. Well, it's Why? some, some of them are just like, you know, well, you eat fast, don't you? Yeah. Some people, but just, he doesn't throw up. I probably could if I needed to, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just, it, it's just that, um, like, well, you gorge on it. Yeah. You gorge on it. And then all of a sudden it builds up pressure and you're like, you just don't. Yeah. And cats do not, they don't sit around with their stomachs hurting. They do not like that. Mm -hmm. It'll, it'll come right. Evidently. Back. Yeah. Yes. So you got to do some intervention stuff there. Oh Lord. Yeah. The, and it is difficult it, when you have more than one. Yeah. And we don't oh, have yeah. a, we don't have a, sounds like we're like having a, like a, a, a veterinary discussion here, but um, we don't, ours aren't on a um, feeding schedule. They have, they have food 24 seven sitting in a drive. You know, and dry that's food. why that's how, yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, well, it's, eat, well, it's, it's either the dry food, but like we feed our other cat. Who's old. Older. We mm -hmm. give him wet food. So we give them both wet food in the morning. Really not a lot. No, not a lot. You but, wouldn't think it'd be enough to trigger them to throw it up. go over there and just slam it down. So, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I don't it's, notice it's, that he's slamming it down. It's really hard because yeah. they will. Yeah, they're sensitive. Yeah, they're so sensitive. They're sensitive. Cats, cats, <laughs> love them. <laughs> okay, so can't I can't live with them and can't live without them. I have another cat story from that session. Unless you want to talk, about go ahead. Yeah, okay. While we're on the save, cats. It, save him, because then we're going to move to squirrels. He's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that in that same session when we were talking um, to um, Echo. Echo is the 17 year old or she was 16 at the time. And, um, and we called her the shitty kitty, howly growly, hissy, pissy, bitey, flighty, um, something, something shitty kitty. Like I was going to write a book, a children's book on her. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of book I'd want my yeah. kids to well, read that, you know, go the F to sleep. Right. You know? Right. Right. And exactly. The children's book for adults. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the hiss, um, so we called her the shitty kitty. And, um, she, you know, Siamese, she was like, I guess a mix between tabby and Siamese. So she looked like she was a snowshoe Siamese, um, very, very cute, but very Siamese yeah. with the cross eyes, the, um, you know, the weird meow and the disposition of just everything that's difficult, hyperesthesia, which means they get super sensitive to oh, everything. Wow. Um, and so they'll get rollies and, you know, like their skin starts to roll and they get uncomfortable and hypersensitive and run around the house and, Wow. Um, very, any, any cat that has any Siamese in them, you like, you're just, it's trouble. Like it's fun, but it's trouble. So, um, she, I had declawed her, mm -hmm. which that was the last cat I ever declawed. Yeah. Right? And I really wish I hadn't. Cause it, it messed with her. Like it, it really yeah. changed her personality and left her feeling defenseless and stuff. So she liked to kind of like bite at you like a snake. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really trying to bear down. It was just kind of a snake bite yep. where she'd dip and, and come back. 
But anyway, um, so she was always forever. You'd go and pet her and she'd be like, you know, and, and like, you know, she would like most cats accept love for a minute and then smack you and stuff. But there was, um, but there was just this next level shittiness to her, you know, just where it was just agitation and all this stuff. And I thought, why does she even come around? She's the most miserable cat. And yet she could thing I'm missing so much about this cat is that she would curl up next to me in my lap or um, in my arm if I'm laying down and she would just take her paw and she would tenderly caress my face. And then if I, you know, and then I would pet her and I would stop and then she would do that again. And I would, pet, and we would do this for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then, you know, she'd whack me, but, um, but she was the most disagreeable cat hissing and everything. So when we did this session, um, that was one of the questions that I had you ask. Why are you a shitty kitty? Yeah. Why are you <laughs> such, you know, like, why are you so miserable? Right. What can I do to make you happy? And the question came across as astonishing to her. She's like, what else do I need? I have people who love me. I have food. I I have, mm. you know, friends. I have, you know, like she was totally Again. happy in mm-hmm. her environment. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not lacking anything. And I'm like, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was weird because I, you know, you did kind of ask it a couple of different ways. And I I I realized like once you do these pet sessions, you can't ever see your animal the same. Right. It, it, right. it shifts your whole relationship. And so um which is why I understand the whole vegan thing. Like totally like, you know, how yeah. you would just like, you can't, <laughs> once you understand their psyche, it, it innately something changes. And so I remember going back home and just looking. at, well, I was looking at all of them, like what the hell, <laughs> yeah. like, did they know we just had a conversation? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, and she comes up and she curls up in my lap and does her thing. And I'm just like, I love you. Like yes. the love that yeah. was outpouring yes. from me, the connection we had after that. Yes. Even, the, even when she turned around, bitch slapped me. Right. It was still okay. Yes. Right. Because that was her hypersensitivity. I got it. But at least I knew that she was actually feeling loved and accepting that love. That's right. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest takeaway from any of the pet sessions as an owner and speaking from, you know, our session with our cats, mm-hmm. you come away with such heartfelt connection. You can say compassion, you can say all that tenderness, stuff, but it is this, it is this one-on-one knowing and, mm-hmm. and confirmation of the connection you have with them. And that then shifts your frequency, your field Mm-hmm. So that when you are around your animal, your pet, it changes the whole dynamic. And yeah. that's what we've seen with ours. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, immediately, I mean, we're not, but you know, a hundred feet, not even that from where we're doing this, where we do all of our work to the house. When we channeled that particular cat that had the behavior first issues time. the first mm-hmm. time that got this all started, got done with the session, walked 50 feet to the house immediately the whole demeanor and the whole relationship between more you and the, and him, mm-hmm. it, it just, it was, it was visible. It was yeah. physically visible. So yeah. you knew you connected <laughs> on such a level. You knew you were connecting at such a level. So yeah. Yeah. Very profound. <clears throat> All right. So the last session I wanted to talk about 
was an update on Mac the squirrel. So for those of you who have a copy of Love Notes from the Animal Kingdom, the white one down there, uh, Mac has his own chapter. Mac is a squirrel <laughs> that my friend Erica had as a pet. Yep. It rescued. had, I think it had, yeah, it, she had rescued it when it was a baby man. Maybe it fell out of the net. Who knows? Oh. Uh, it might be in the story. I don't remember. Um, but she tried to rehab it and put it out in the wild because she understands that wild animals need to be out in the wild. And that's really the ideal yep. scenario. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she released it and it got beaten up and it came back and mm-hmm. she couldn't release it again. A beaten up squirrel. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. He was rough. He had like his ear bit and yeah. all oh, kinds of stuff. He's not accepted. Right. No. So she ended up keeping him for several years. And it was recently that she, uh, that it, it, he escaped somehow. He had a whole screened in porch. So I don't know what happened, but anyway, he is, he somehow escaped mm-hmm. after living with them. And I mean, he had free reign of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that she really wanted to know when we had our pet session with him talking to Mac was how, how is it when humans have wild animals as pets? What happens there? Do they, are they okay with that? Do they feel confined? Do they really want to be in the wild? Is it not a good scenario? Should we not ever do that? Because people keep possums or raccoons or different animals that really technically should be wild, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, it's hurt or whatever. Um, So Mac at that time said, you know, just like we would expect, they signed a contract, Mac and Erica, to have the squirrel come and live in that way. And Mac said, I've had lives out because I asked, you know, when you sit on the screen and you're watching the other squirrels out there and stuff, are you like longing to be Uh out there? He said, no, I've had lives like that. My bond here is with Erica. This is what we came to do to have this loving human animal bond. And what I've heard from here too. What's that? Oh (laughs) yeah, yeah, for sure. His lifespan (laughs) is going to be a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. But also what I've heard from animal collectives after that is that uh, when you do that, when you have a special bond with a wild animal, it kind of reverberates, it generalizes out Um, into the greater animal collective, and it changes the bond between humanity and animals in general, mm -hmm. just from that one-on-one that you're having, that experience that you're having with an animal generalizes to the whole human animal collective, which is fascinating. That's a big deal. Just goes to show you, your energy is always reverberating out there. If we could see it, I think it would just blow our minds. So anyway, um, they, I don't know that, that animal lived with her for four or five years probably and had run of the house would create little nests everywhere. We went and visited one time. And at that time, Mac was up in the master bedroom underneath the covers. Yeah. And we went up, remember we went up into the room to look and say, Hey to Mac, Mac wouldn't come out from under the covers. Yeah. He didn't really care for strangers, I guess, but, and maybe, I don't know, he didn't recognize our energy, but anyway, so Erica wanted to know, she never did see a squirrel dead that she thought was Mac. So she really didn't know he if after common, he escaped common gray squirrel. Yeah. Okay. So she didn't know if after he had escaped, if he was still living or right. had moved on, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to know if he had transitioned and how he was doing and everything, or if he had reincarnated. So we asked recently, a couple of weeks ago, turns out Mac did transition, but has not reincarnated because Mac is explaining to all of the other animals, the squirrels and the wildlife in Erica's backyard, 
kind of bridging the gap between Erica and the other animals, like that letting them know that it's safe, okay. That he's okay that, you that's know, his, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so Erica said, yes, I'm having squirrels that will come literally right up as if they know that I'm safe. They'll come right up to the screen and like, look at me, like communicating with me or coming and getting a nut out of her hand or something. Oh my God. Like she, I think she says she throws <laughs> some food out there and yeah. some of the squirrels won't even eat that food. They come right up. They want a nut. They want to take, they want something yeah, they want to better. get it from her than than what she's just tossing out in the yard. So he's so, yeah. being the go-between, yeah. the bridge between the animals in her yard and Erica. And she Is said she's cool? been noticing a lot, a lot more birds are in the in the yard that are close. And, right. Yeah. So he's you know, drawing in all kinds of wildlife into the yard. But that's specifically why he hasn't reincarnated. Because right. he has a job, a mission on the other side. That is so Isn't cool. That well, it's making me think about okay, so when I had like, I never have looked at this necessarily as my awakening, but I guess this was my awakening point, um, which was a two week period back in 2008, 2007, where, um, I was living, I guess you would say this is the awakening period because I was living dual, um, a dual reality. Like I, I knew who I was on the other side and colors were more vivid mm. to me just in a day-to-day -day basis. And I was longing to go home, but mm. I had kids and yeah. anyway, so I was going through this experience. Well, when I was connecting with myself and who I was on the other side, it was really cool because I saw myself in this kind of um, paddock, like a pen area. And there was, um, so there was fencing, but again, it's only kind of what I was seeing in front of me. Um, so I was creating what, what I was experiencing. And even though I was in this dirt and I could see the dirt, the mm -hmm. dirt wasn't a substance. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really interesting. It's not like I could lift up my hand and see dirt on me, but I was, but it was a paddock like dirt. And, um, and I remember there was kind of a barn thing over here whatever. And um, I asked myself what I was doing and I realized yeah, I've always had an affinity for animals and I was an animal, a spiritual animal behaviorist in the sense mm -hmm. that I was, it's weird because, and I was trying to sort it out and I know I still don't understand it quite as, <laughs> as it's intended, but it was like, I was, um, playing around or, or trying to understand the evolution or the behavioral pattern of animals so that when we're here in the human form, we are connecting in a different way with animals, mm -hmm. you know? And so when you're talking about him doing that, oh, yeah. like it's, I'm wondering, okay, is that some, like it resonates with me. There's yeah. some kind of, yeah. describe it. It's not like I'm just sitting there going, okay, go for this treat animal. There was, and I don't know what animal I was working, working with. with. Yeah. yeah. But I knew that that was what I was fascinated with studying over there. That's cool. Um, so it has something to do with the relationship with people here with the yeah. animals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We definitely work with others energetically mm -hmm. uh, in other dimensions all the time. Right. And so why not humans and animals? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but cool. uh, the whole story of, of Erica and Mac, the squirrel is in love notes from the animal kingdom there. If you wanted to order that and read it, um, you know, we wanted to, the whole transcript is in there. That book is divided into the first few sections mm -hmm. are about topics that are um, commonplace in these sessions, like energy and pet siblings and transition and all of that. Mm -hmm. The middle section are actual transcripts of unique conversations. So I went ahead and put the word for word trans transcriptions. So you can read my question and Mac's answer. And those are fascinating about 
you know, how do you feel about being a wild animal living in a home? It's really beautiful story. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend reading that. Um, But the other interesting thing that's going to be coming up soon is our friend Candace Carl Goldman. Uh, She got a new horse. Mm -hmm. She is the founder of BQH, Beyond Quantum Healing, and she runs quantumhealers.com and has a YouTube channel called Quantum Healers if you're interested in uh, watching some of her content. Um, But she has a new horse named Hickory. And we've talked to the horse a couple of times and we're going to actually do a series. Oh, I didn't know you had talked to that. Yeah. When, she, yeah. when I saw her put the pictures up about the horse, I was just like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Horse. We, oh, meant we talked to Hickory before, before the auction, before the auction was finished. Um, oh my God. And Hickory couldn't confirm though. I think Hickory knew, but. Wouldn't tell us exactly if right. Candace was who she, who he was supposed to go with. Right. But there was definitely a connection. There was a connection. Definitely uh-huh. a connection. And then we talked after, and now we're going to do, yeah. Oh, my so God. Well, the moment I saw that horse and she said, you know, oh, I, I'm going to go see a man about a horse or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew she was getting, the horse was coming home with oh, her. Yeah. Like right. there was no, it was so, it. I don't know if I was reading her energy or whatever it was, but there was like, this is happening. Yeah. It's right. done. Right. Yeah. Just, and so we've done, yeah. we did a follow-up session after the auction and we'll be communicating with hickory frequently and doing a little series uh with the three of us and with hickory um and then it'll morph into other animals i think yeah animal communication in general i don't know if we'll do uh we'll do other horses for sure i don't know about other animal animals Um, but it'll be on her quantum healers but also we'll we'll have a copy on on our website as well yeah, our youtube our youtube yeah. um awesome. and when i asked the collective about the horse energy that was coming into our cuz we just did for those of you who watch some of our interviews we did an interview with Warwick Schiller called Journey On mm-hmm. that's his podcast and he is a well-known horse trainer mm-hmm. and so he had a big youtube channel at one point i think now he's only on spotify but he has i don't know lots of thousands of viewers um, where he started out doing horse training videos, but now he's mm-hmm. kind of ventured into the metaphysical stuff. So we talked oh, to him. Cool. This is hilarious. Let me tell you this funny story. So we get on and it's only audio, but we can see each other. So it's audio and video to us, but on his Spotify, it's only audio. Yeah. So I had these headphones on and I am muffled because I can't hear myself. It's a long story, there, but I couldn't hear myself. There's there audio issues. Yeah. Uh, um, but at any rate, him, he being a horse person, I figured we would talk at least about the Love yeah, Notes right. book. Right? Yeah. So he had our websites. He knew all about it. He, he's going to ask whatever questions he's going to ask. And I'm thinking he'll at least ask something about animal communication because he's an animal person. Right. So I'm looking through Love Notes. I'm marking a few things that I want to read or, or talk about, especially about horses and stuff. Yeah, got them all flagged, ready to go. So we're going through the interview and he's introducing and telling our whole background. And we're talking about our background and how all of this happened. And he talks about your first book, The Journey Within. And he goes, okay, and then you wrote this other book. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to talk about love notes. He goes, called The Origin Story. I'm like, wait a minute. We went, we went, we went way off the reservation. I had no idea he was going to jump there. I, yeah. I figured maybe we might delve into that at the end, but he jumps right into there and we start talking about the galactic stuff. We didn't even touch on love notes. He goes, and afterwards he goes, well, I talk to all kinds of people about animals. I don't always talk to people about oh, aliens. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that was for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's, and that's oh, yeah. what he said. He yeah. said, really, he said, I'm just, I'm so curious about so many things. I want, come back I, again. Want, I want to learn right. about all the different 
things. Yeah. And so, yeah. Right. So anyway, the point was that he's a horse guy. Then this was all this stuff with Candace. There was a lot of horse energy in our field mm -hmm. yep. recently. So I asked the collective, why is there so much horse energy coming in? And they said, you're about to go on a little trajectory uh, with your understanding of the horse collective and all of that energy. Uh -huh. yeah. So their energy, horses are very powerful energy, very much teachers. And um, wise. And, yeah. Right. So this will be fun to see this where this all leads. And so be on the lookout for those. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, those videos and stuff. Uh, but we wanted to just give you an update of what's going on because this stuff is so fascinating. Yeah. And there's <laughs> always new stories. So thank you for letting us share with you and for watching. Please hit the like button, the notification bell, share away if you like these videos and comment. We love your comments. You guys are so oh, good. Yeah. Yes. You guys are so good. The comments good. are getting better and better. I love them. Yes. Yeah, so we feel like we know you all. We're having great interactions. Exactly. So thank you exactly. for that. We appreciate that. And thanks again for spending your time with us on Out on a Limb podcast. Until See you next guys. Time. Bye.